Welcome to the family with down 2.6 COVID pounds, Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt-Bernard. It's the three of us for now. Uh, Alex will be in since we changed the time to... So she can't come in at 11.30 instead of 11.15? Well, she had to, like, uh, she has child care and she has to arrange things. Yeah, but it was already, if she would have been here at 11.30, she would have had it arranged already. What? Uh All right, never mind. Let's go to break. (laughs) We'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Road Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. (laughs) So, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. We are back, Here ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. There you are. So, L.A. Nick is not in today. Alex is not going to be here at all today. I'm here. There she well, is. You are there. I was wondering. I told you I wasn't going to be able to be here early on Wednesdays. I, t- I told him you would be here. No, I don't mind early, but you, Mom said you weren't going to be there at all. Oh, no, I'm here. Sage had ECFE, and that was done, and I had to bring him home, and Michael got there, and then so I can be here, like, right now. No, that's fine. I mean, that's not whenever you can make it is fine. All right. But I decided you weren't coming in at all because LA Nick's not going to be in today. Well, so we could just have a family podcast, which would be very nice to include you. Hey you know what I'm saying? Since you're part of the family, I sure am. Well, let me think about it and get back to you. You know, as far as I know, saying, anyway. It's... So yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? So yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just stuck. Uh, 
I was just telling everybody I lost 2.6 pounds. <laughs> oh, God, she's bringing it up again. You know who lost 2.6 pounds? That would be Catherine. Well, it was. Uh, it, it's, it seems to be harder and harder to lose just a tiny little bit of weight yeah, as I get true. older. It's annoying. Yep. And I've been doing this. Alex hates it when I talk about this metabolism plan. No, thing. I hate I it when the, you say reactive. It's like, that's like a, every other word that you said for like three months a year ago. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, anyway, it's uh, so you kind of do this cleanse thing. It's not about not eating or anything like that. You do eat until you're full and all that kind of stuff. But right. it is a heavy vegetable diet. And let me tell you, things will happen. There you have it. <laughs> Those two point six pounds of just poop. Wow. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I understand. That's what I've come to understand anyway. Um, Thanks for putting it so elegantly. Well, you, your mom, you implied. That's true. You just ran with it. Your mom said that they already called the other race in Georgia, but they haven't on the Wall Street Journal. I know that. Wall Street Journal said it still remains too close to call. Oh, all over the Twitter sphere. Yeah, it's all done. You can't. Trust lots of Twitter. news sites. Well, lots of news sites have said it. Have I, they? I always figure when news sites say it, uh, yeah, then it's got to be kind of true. Well, that's true. What, what What am I thinking? Yeah, what are you thinking? What is wrong with me? Um, it, they probably he probably will win the second seat. It looks like he's got a, a point four. Although it, if it stays at point four uh, or point five, there will be a recall and a recount, and I don't know when that would happen, mm. because if it's a .5 or under, you can you can uh, challenge it. So I'm sure there'll be a challenge unless uh, he picks up uh, Ossoff picks up another another tenth of a point or two. So I don't know how they're gonna how they handle that. That's I don't know how they do anything anymore. Uh, I just like I said, the problem we have in America is that we've got 50 percent of people think one way and 50% think another mm-hmm. way and everything's turned into a battle and a if you don't think the way I think then you're a bad person and all of this is just I don't know now the, if the if the Democrats do get total control of absolutely everything and they mm-hmm. pack the courts and they do absolutely everything in their power to stay in power so nobody ever gets to have a voice again do you think the 50% of people <gasps> that um dude what did you do, Jude? He's writhing around down there, and all of a sudden he just yiped. He yiped. Did you whack your head? Um, anyway, I, what? how long do you think people are just going to be happy with this? I know. And if you push around 50% of the population to get your way, won't they start acting like the Democrats have acted in the last four years? You would think, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that's probably true. not. So basically, we just, uh, we'll see. Well, first of all, I mean, if they come right out of the chute and start uh, packing the Supreme Court and bringing in Puerto Rico and D.C. estates and they do that, why don't we fix problems here? We have so many problems. You're the ones who talked about all these horrible problems we had. Well, then fix them. Well, I think the problem is is that they want complete power. Well, and then that, so we, that's fixed. not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work, I'm telling you, going that way. It, it just... It's a situation where, look, and I'm a centrist. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't have a dog in this fight. Dog. I still wonder, and what do you guys think of this? Donald Trump was a lifelong Democrat until he was elected president as a Republican. Do you think that was a plant from the beginning for him to go in and just trash the Republican Party and then leave? Very well may have. 
conspiracy theory. I think so. I really think he went so far out of his way to not help in this this, uh, Georgia situation. I mean, he showed up, I know. But then he wouldn't shut up. It's like, Donald, it's not about you now. It's about them. Right? I don't know. I used to not believe in conspiracy theories, but I'm now becoming a believer. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, so I don't know. You know, it's and it's not even a political discussion we're having here. It's just a life, uh, you know, daily life thing we're talking about here, where nothing makes any sense. You can't use this word. You can't say this. You can't say that. Tom Dreesen yesterday on the show uh, mentioned that a guy asked him about this, that, and the other thing, and where he grew up. And Tom Dreesen said, "Well, I have a lot of black friends." And the guy said, "Oh, don't say that. That's racist." How is it racist to say you have black friends? I don't get that. Anyone? Whoever's eating, you're eating really loud. I'm guessing Alex. Hmm. Well. Alex, was it you again? <laughs> we both are eating. <laughs> I, I can turn my oh, mic off, Jesus. though. He can turn his mic off. I can't. Uh, I it's cannot. two hours of your time. I know. Not two hours, you have to eat. Well, this is a typical s- family deal right here. I was, in the car. I was at ECFE with Sage. I had an apple in the car, and I'm just freaking starving. Well, oh, that's right. Sagey started his little preschool program Sagey. today. He started school did today. He? Oh, my God. He did not want to leave. We were walking. He's like, I don't want to go home. I'll miss my class. <laughs> well, it's it's so really happy. short, isn't it? Yeah, it's only it's an very hour. It used, yeah, I, it's the same. Yeah. I did this exact same class when Fawn was two, and it was an hour and a half mm-hmm. then, and it was a lot different. But with COVID and everything, they have to clean everything in between and blah, 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 blah. So now it's only an hour, so it's super quick. But at least it's something, because I'm like, he needs a change of scenery, because he's in our house so much, and he needs to see other kids other than Fawn. Well, all you have to do for Sage is just give him a hand sanitizer station that squirts automatically, and he'll be amused for days. No, he was like... He was taking all the trucks off See? the shelves. He was playing with the people. There was like this ball ramp thing that he was playing with. They played with Play-Doh. They had big bins of beads. Uh, he was like in new paradise. Toys. Paradise. Yeah. New toys. New and we things. We sang songs yep. and read a book. And it was like he had a great... He found a hammer and a saw. He was thrilled. Oh, well. Now, was he singing? Oh, yeah. We sang a bunch of different songs. Oh, yeah, and he, he was like patting his knees and singing along. Oh God! That's very cute. Marwin was Marwin there. Marwin was home with fun. They had a skiing adventure. Oh, okay. Because she doesn't have school this oh, so week nice. until she goes back to school next week. So they got to hang out this morning. And then, of course, this fall she starts real school, doesn't she? And yeah, she's kindergarten. She'll be in kindergarten this fall, this September. And kindergarten starts, kid already. And Sage starts preschool. Oh, man. Yep, it's all happening. They're growing up. Time marches on. That's what you're saying? Time marches on. It sure does. My God. I love it. Yeah, Sage and Fawn, a lot of fun to hang out with. And, you know, if they didn't have Alex's attitude, it'd be even better. Oh, my God. Oh, she doesn't even respond. I put together the stroller today. I told you oh, you didn't have a double do stroller. I said that I could do it. I, but, I know, but I just did it, and it was like uh, a little frustrating. That's why I told you not to do it. Unclear, and then all of a sudden it was like a light went on, and I was like, oh. It's really nice. It's a very nice stroller. Yeah, I think it, it'll be good for them. Yeah. I'm very yep. Like I said, the side-by-side trip, though, they should, should have a plexiglass anti-strike. Oh, I agree. 
shield in between yeah. children, shouldn't yeah. they? I know. That's the nice thing about the front-to-back stroller is they can't, like, smack each other much. Like, the one mm, kid in the back can kick, can each kick other. but they are pretty good about not doing that because I'll be like, I will take you out of there if you're going to kick them. And then they stop. There you have it. Mm. Yeah. I understand. No, it, uh, that is, uh, it's a really, really nice stroller, I will tell you that. Yeah. Looks nice. good. Perfect. Looks good. It's cheap. So Lots of shade. That's all I care about. Lots of shade. Yes. And shade. <laughs> it was cheap and that's all you care about. Pretty much. I, I was like, that's nice. is it cheap and does it have good shade? Good. Done. Sounds good. Yeah. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be wonderful. Yeah, so the kids got through everything, got through Christmas, got through New Year's, got through all the stuff. They're, they did well, yep. soldiered on. They sure did. And yeah, now we're getting back to our regular routine, which is nice. But the thing is, the weather's fantastic. 31 today, 30 tomorrow. I know it's cloudy and all that, but oh, yeah, we've 31 been, today, 31 tomorrow. Yeah, we've great. been outside. The kids have been cross-country skiing. I bought them sleds yesterday. They're sledding right now with Michael. Uh they were outside yesterday for an hour and a half with Michael, just like digging in the snow and stuff. They're, it's fantastic. Yeah. I cannot imagine this winter if it were one of those like negative 30 constantly winters. Oh. I think everybody would go oh, totally bananas. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I think you're right on the money about that. So, yeah, we're lucky. luckily we're in a situation where the kids can get outside and have a little fun. Mom and dad can take them, you know little sledding or skiing or doing whatever that, that's a huge yeah it could be 60 degrees colder yeah matter of fact absolutely. i think is it not true i think it, the coldest week of the year is the third week in january isn't it i think i, I thought it. it was the first week in february but i don't know well i feel like the end of january close. early february is when it gets like coldest and then march is usually yeah. snowier well, we're good because March is snowier, and then April is snowy and rainy, and then May is rainy. So we got ninety straight days of precipitation. You gotta gotta get those crops gotta, hydrated. Yep, yep you gotta get the crops hydrated. That's exactly right. So, what is with the new uh, dry January and not drinking in October and all that stuff? What? Sober October and dry January. What are all these movements? Well, what is that? I don't dry know. January, dry January is very normal. A lot of people don't drink the month of January just because it's like, oh, the holidays, I was drinking so much, uh, and yeah. I just, like, yep. they take January off from drinking. Sober October began 2014 as a fundraiser for a UK-based cancer charity, apparently. I've never oh, heard of Sober nice. October, but I yeah, dry, either, but... dry January is very common. Hmm. It's just like How about, kind of like a you know New Year's resolution almost kind of thing like start the year out and just yeah well I understand that like you know, going through the holidays and having all the sugar with the cookies and the yeah, yeah. all that stuff and pies and ah la la and then when we were on vacation we were eating out at restaurants and I mean I seriously I felt just terrible yeah no I understand that so I it's kind of nice to just take a reset. I would agree. Speaking of taking a reset, we got to take a reset and go to break. We'll be back. Special guest right after this with the family. Tom Bernard with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. Michael, can you tell me, what do you like most about your job? Well, I know we only have a minute, so the short version is how we build relationships with our customers, being able to drive around town and see all the businesses we've been able to help and how that translates to jobs for their employees and the impact that makes on families in our area. 
it's truly rewarding. I also love to see the families that started banking with us 22 years ago when their children were young. Now those kids are adults. They're banking with us too. Lastly, I'd say seeing our customers' reactions when we're able to do something unexpected for them, like deliver cash directly to them when they need it, but physically can't come to the bank. I love what I do. Did you bring some of that cash here today? Huh? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. Doug Sprinthal showing off with his guitar work. I get it. Yep. I get it. Is Reverend Brooks ready to go? Yes, she is. Reverend Megan Smith Brooks, ladies and gentlemen, unravelinggrief.com. Boy, couldn't have happened at a better time, Reverend. Well, um, I guess timing is everything, but it's something that I felt I needed to share with the world because we need to bring it into conversation. How do we get through grief? There is a way. You know, it's so amazing to me, uh, Reverend Brooks, that that I, I just, you look back, and everybody said, oh my God, the year just dragged. For me, the year shot by, because there were so many things that were going on. We had, you know, they're, they're obviously with the COVID situation and the election, and everybody hated everybody else, and everybody's ripping everybody. I don't go on social media. But I heard from many, many people, people just got vicious on social media. The news got vicious toward one person or another. What, what is this anger all about? I mean, this huge level of anger we have now. Do, do you have a, a handle on that at all? Um, I, well, it's been shocking and, and disturbing, I think. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that as, um, from our human perspective, um, when we feel um, like our foundation has been rattled, when we feel like... Where our life is out of control, we don't know what to do. You know, survival, um, you know, bases have been um, rattled. You know, we're looking at the media and all of the death and the devastation, and um, everybody has a different idea of things. So we've kind of lost our way. And I think anger is a natural um, expression when we have unresolved grief in our life, and all of this stuff is being triggered, and we don't know how to deal with it. 
Do you think more of it has to do, because obviously the, the, uh, the election in Georgia, now we've been waiting on that for a couple of months since uh, November 3rd, now January uh, 5th yesterday it happened, uh, and with the election going on down there, it seems this election's going on and on and on, and if the second race, the first race has been called, but the second race, if that ends up at point four apart, they're going to recall it and they're going to recount it, so we're going to be dealing with that for the rest of time. Um, it just seems like right now, do you mind if I call you Megan for a while? Is that okay? Yeah, that's just fine. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. Yeah. Nope. Uh, I grew up a Catholic kid, so it had to be father this and father that. So I just wanted to make sure, you know. No, I'm very informal, but, so please feel free. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Thank you. But you bring it up, a contentious election, the, the violence in our streets, a pandemic claiming the lives of several hundred thousand loved ones, record unemployment, social isolation. Uh, it just seems like it's getting worse rather than better. I'm I'm hoping Dr. Fauci is right that maybe sometime this fall we'll be back. Some people are saying it'll be the end of May. I, I think we a, a return to somewhat normal living has got to be paramount in our argument, isn't it? We we got to get back to normal living, don't we? Well, you know, I think there's a, there's a problem with thinking we're just going to get back to normal because what is normal? Okay, you know. It, we have in our own mind, we've established what it's supposed to be for me. But if we hold on to getting back to the way it was, we're going to be disappointed. So the way I sure. support people and my clients is, let's focus on what we want our life experience to be like. What do I want to um, it to evolve into? Because really what's coming up is the opportunity for us to look at all the things that are not working. You know, our normal was not, there were lots of parts of our normal that was not working. And if we don't have the courage to look at it, then we can't heal and transform it and recreate it into something that maybe works better for us. So I think the healthy thing is, and grief is, is a process that is a part of the human experience. It's the emotional response to anything that is painful, that changes, that feels like it's been taken from us. If we look at, okay... Is there something that's being offered to me in the midst of this? That if I'm willing to just go into the experience to let go of what no longer works, what no longer is healthy, and perhaps see that I'm being offered a new opportunity of looking at who am I wanting to become? Because grief and change and all this stuff, it changes us at the core, so we can't even be the same person we used to be. So I think part of this process is coming to terms with who am I becoming? What is there that was about me that I wasn't willing to let come forward? And now I have this great opportunity, and collectively, together, we can all bring forth something that's more empowering for the whole. If we have the courage, and we're not so stuck with how we think it has to be. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I, we, we just we have been victim, though, to a lot of other people's whims during this whole deal as well. Like I said, the political environment that you point out, the contentious election uh, in your book. It, it, it just seems to me we're... Are, are we kind of worried that, that nothing will ever be the same? So, yes, we're not going to return to what it used to be, but will it be a situation where nothing will be the same? I think that really scares people. Yeah, and our fear can get in the way of, um, you know, just surrendering into letting go because fear will become a block, you know, just like mm-hmm. grief is. It's an energy block that that holds us in um, 
um, focusing on what's wrong, what doesn't work, what I don't like, um, the pain of the situation. And until we can shift our focus to, okay, I can't change most of this. I don't have control over it. What do I have control over? My thoughts, my words, my actions. So how do I want to use what is being presented to move forward in empowering ways? And as I focus on that, um, I'm not so caught up in um, what appears to be taken from me. And I, you know, when I see all this raging of, you know, the different sides of things, I see clearly there are people that are not willing to look at the possibility that maybe there's something better being offered to us and holding on to what was maybe isn't a good thing. You know, it's an interesting situation. Um, and I'll introduce this part, if you don't mind. We, we were talking about how you deal with this. Now, I, I, I should say that it, I didn't know anybody that had gotten COVID for about the first, what, Catherine, five months. Yeah, we didn't even know anybody had gotten yeah. it. Then all of a sudden we started, uh, uh, you know, finding out that our some of our friends had gotten it or whatever. Uh, not in our immediate group. Well, no, it actually did turn in our immediate group, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But then uh, we 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 have not, Catherine and I have not uh, had the unfortunate experience of uh, losing someone to COVID. I know people that have, but we didn't know any of them. But you have lost someone yourself, so you know what you're talking about. How how does that? How do you get through something like that, Megan? If you don't mind me asking, you lost your son. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was devastating and heart wrenching. He was murdered. Yeah. You know, so it was Ugh. something that I didn't see coming, and the horror of it is something that you know created nightmares for months on end. Fortunately, I had a spiritual foundation and some tools and practices. But it's different than when I'm supporting someone else and when you have to apply them to yourself. But one of the mm-hmm. insights that I had in my own process is that grief, really, it's like it takes up residence in who you are. It kind of takes over. And if we can't accept it, then there's no way of moving forward because it's a lifetime relationship whether we like it or not. So I've come to terms with accepting that pain of loss. Um, allowing myself to um, have the courage to feel the feelings, to scream when I need to, to let the tears flow, but also to focus on self-care and um, and how do I find a way of loving myself through this painful situation that yeah, that life yeah. doesn't come with a, a, a blue book and how to deal with it. We don't talk about it in our in our society very well. Um, and it's something we try to avoid, and yet it's a part of all of our life experience. So, uh, what I, what I, it's a process. It's not like there's a magic wand that you can just get over, and all of a sudden everything's joyful and, and the pain goes away. You come to terms with it and how to live with it, and realize that it's, it's for me. It's offered a depth of who I am that I may not have nev- ever experienced had I not been willing to um, accept the process and go through it because it was something I had no control over. And I think that's what life offers us in general, everything that's going mm-hmm. on with us. If we stay in our anger and the angst and the, um, the guilt and the regret and the unforgiveness, it keeps us stuck. It holds us hostage. And is that how we want to live? And I know that's not how my son wanted me to live. So I realize that um, honoring him is how I choose to live moving forward day by day. What you just said to me, honoring how he would 
like you to live is the key to getting over something like that. I mean, every parent is always, we, you know, you know people that have lost a child, and the first thing you say is, how do you make it through that? How do you live through that? It has to be so horrible, and of course it is, but the way to get to the other side would be to think that way, in my opinion, right? Absolutely, because what I, I use as this term in my book is that um, our life becomes a living legacy. And as I look at what I admired about my son, those qualities are something that I could integrate into how I live my life as a way of honoring him. And then it takes on a new way of how I'm living. So it's how I move from brokenness to wholeness. And, um, and I see the value in everything that I do, and it's changed my perspective for the better. And so, I mean, do you mind, how old was your son, and just his, what, was his, what was his first name? Justin. Um, the family joke Justin, was he okay. was born just in time for Christmas, because his birthday was September 15th. <laughs> That's and wonderful. He, he didn't like that, but, um, but I can appreciate it now. Uh, he was 29 years old, and he had a five-year-old daughter when he died. Oh, God. So, um, you know, one of the things that um, is natural that you go through this whole process of is realizing the potential of his life that was taken from him that he never got to mm-hmm. experience. And um, I raged about that for quite a while. And I mean, that's part of the natural process. But you can do that in healthy ways. It doesn't have to be destructive to yourself or to others around you. And, and we don't teach people that um, in a positive way. No, you're absolutely right. Well, the, the reason I, that I wanted to know Justin's name is because I do not understand looking at social media. And again, I don't go on social media, but people send me these texts that are outrageous all the time and tweets and posts and all the rest of it. I don't understand, Megan, why people are so, how people can say the things to each other they say. The cancel culture. I'm going to ruin your life. I hope mm-hmm. you die. How did we get here? You know, the way I look at it from a spiritual perspective is that's immature mm-hmm. consciousness. It's immature behavior. Yeah. Um, it's, it's for those of us that live in this um, unconscious reality that everything's about me. And, um, you know, when I, I look at like an unruly teenager, you know, where they everything, you know, that they want everything their way. Um, yeah. and, they, and they can't see the impact of their behavior on others. So I look at those people and I say they're immature in their behavior. And until they're ready to look at something new, you're not going to be able to argue with them or get them to change their mind. They have to decide that for themselves. And it's, it's very painful for me to watch um, the reality of statistically how many people there are out there that um, don't question things, that accept things that aren't true, but then hold on to it, and then if you try to take it from them, it's like you're um, breaking their foundation of reality, and they don't know how to cope with that. So everything is about a choice. I can watch that. I can listen to things on the news. I can read that stuff, and I can let it affect me or not. I can decide. It's like it is not worth putting my energy into even responding to that ridiculous stuff. Right. So I, think that's I can choose how I want to respond in a healthy way. Is it what I do going to make a difference moving forward? Am I an example of how I would want others to be? 
and hope that that ripple effect begins to change things. Megan, here's my take on it. There, there have been people that have angered me to the point I felt like destroying them, you know. But I never have, and the reason I never did is because let's say some guy did some horrible thing to me or whatever, or somebody in my family, uh, and I go about destroying, you know, canceling them or destroying them or killing them or doing whatever. Um, what about their wife? What about their husband? What about their sons, their daughters, their grandkids? Why do they have to be punished because you're angry at that jerk? That's the way I think about it. It's the other people involved that are, that are important, not him. Well, that's a healthy um, consciousness where you realize the impact of your actions has a ripple effect on those around you. You know, I actually went to a parole hearing for one of the defendants that were um, in jail for um, the murder of my son. And though he was the one that had the lesser um, role in the situation, um, I recognized that the choice that he made to participate in the ending of my son's life not only affected himself, because now he's finding himself in jail, it affected me, my other son, the rest of my family, but it also affected his mother and his family and friends. You know, all those people that are impacted by one person's um, unhealthy and, and violent action. And so I think that as we mature and we become uh, more accountable for our actions, we recognize the responsibility we have, then we take a breath before we react to life like that. And we don't enter into those kind of behaviors. But there's many people that haven't had that reality done on them yet. And, and that's what's dangerous and unsettling when you look at um, people that are supposedly adults and they're behaving like children. Yeah, that makes total sense. I need to take about a two-minute quick break. Is that all right, Megan? We'll be right back in about a minute and a half, two minutes. No problem. Excellent. We'll be right back. More with Reverend Megan Smith-Brooks, UnravelingGrief.com, and also the book. Uh, um, of course, uh, on Facebook, she's uh, the book is called Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. Right back. More with uh, Reverend Brooks right after this. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, Reverend Megan Smith-Brooks, How to Heal from 2020. That's a big, that's a big job you got ahead of you, yeah. Megan, uh, how we're going to heal from 2020. Um, Catherine and I were down in Florida spending some time when this whole thing hit back in, well, I, you know, when we realized that it hit 
in in February and really came to COVID. A, what did I say? This thing. This whole oh, thing. <laughs> Yeah, this, this thing called to COVID. To be clear, exactly. COVID. Yes, to be clear, COVID. Yes, that's exactly right. But we uh, we couldn't go back home because they didn't know what's going on. So we, we were finally allowed to get back on an airplane and come back to Minnesota on April 12th. So we were, uh, yeah, for about a month, five weeks, sitting in Florida waiting um, to see what was going to go on. It was rather frightening. I do remember that. Um so the start of the year, it seems to be like literally about a month from now, uh, last year, 11 months ago, the the information started to trickle in, then it got worse and worse. And then, of course, our leaders, everybody forgets this part, by the way, Megan, our leaders all said, don't worry about it. Go down to the Chinese market. Have a great time. Oh, you should go. The Jamaicans are having yes, they you know, they're all. Remember that? They, they try to talk us all into going and spending time in other people's cultures and markets and having different kinds of food. They ignored it, and now, of course, they all said, I was the first one that warned yeah. you how dead. No, you weren't. <laughs> no. Selected so the memory, politicians right? haven't helped. Yeah, selective memory. So the politicians have hurt us more than helped us, I think. And I think it's all of them. They all worked this. They all made money off it, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, as I said before, it's always comes down to our choice. How do we respond to things? And um, what makes sense? What feels like it's the truth? And when I look at last year, and yeah, all this stuff when it started going on, there was some uncertainty, and it was scary, and because we had no idea what we're dealing with. And yet, last year was probably one of the most creative years I've ever experienced. Um, I published my book, but I also um, completed an online course. It's an extension of my book that helps people more. Um, I've been developing a retreat program with a wonderful um, partner, Terry Wilder, who's a, um, a sound healer. And, and yet I also had some of the most painful experiences of my life. Uh, and dealing with, you know, from a humanity perspective, all that's going on. But I lost one of my four sisters um, four days before Thanksgiving um, mm. this past oh, year, too. And, um, and so it's like renewing that pain, and it brings it all up. My thought process was everything's coming back to, okay, maybe there's some control being taken away from me in some areas of my life. But I still have control over my immediate environment, what's important to me, what do I want to create, how can I shift what I, how I was doing something into new ways. You know, there's been a great opportunity of exploring um, technology that maybe people were reluctant to use before as a way to connect. I'm doing a lot of Zoom meetings and sessions. So there's been some some surprising gifts that are being offered in the midst of it. And I think that it was like this condensing of, of a lifetime into a short period of time where we had yeah. to really look at things from a new perspective and make changes in a quicker time frame than we normally would have. And that's unsettling, yes, but it also can be empowering. So what's the gift in the mess? That's the way I look at it. I think that's wonderful. I, I really do. I think that's terrific. You know, because you are a, a minister, Reverend Megan Smith-Brooks, our special guest this morning, I'm going to tell you, because something you just brought up, and I, I guess this is my proof that there actually is a God, what happened to me on Christmas Day. 
because on October 15th, my youngest brother died at the age of 55. Just out of nowhere, I got a call. It said, uh, your brother Troy's in the hospital and he is not going to live through the rest of the day. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He's the youngest kid in the family and blah, blah, blah. So uh, that afternoon, my brother Troy did die. So the holidays came along, Thanksgiving wasn't that, it was not good, but it wasn't that, that bad. But when Christmas Day arrived and my first Christmas in 55 years without my brother Troy, at least talking to him on the phone on Christmas Day or whatever, yeah. uh, he wasn't there. So I was kind of feeling really sad and really missing him all the rest of it. But here's where the God part comes in. And you're going to have to stick with me on this one. So I'm really kind of feeling sorry for myself more than anything else because Troy is dead. So feeling sorry for him is not going to do any good. So I, I guess I was kind of feeling sorry for myself, right? So Fawn, our granddaughter, and now I should tell you that the woman that talked earlier is my wife, Catherine, and our son, Andy, and our daughter, Alex. Are the, they're the four people. It's our family that's on this show. Okay. Um, so Alex, our yeah. daughter, has, has a daughter named Fawny. She's a cute little kid. What does she weigh? About 30 pounds, uh, Alex? 31.6. 31.6 pounds. Hoppies. She hopped on the scale the so, other day. So here I am kind of feeling sorry for myself, and I'm really kind of morose and feeling, oh, God, I miss Troy and all the rest of it. Well, Fawny got mad about something, so she started stamping along in these, these theater chairs that we have. She's stamping her feet because she's all upset about something. Not intentionally, but when she stepped on my chair, she stepped right between my legs, if you know what I'm saying. And I mean stamped down hard. She didn't mean to do it. She just did it. And I realized at that point, you know, things aren't that bad. This is a lot worse than feeling <laughs> about what happened before. So in a way, through Fawn, God said, hey, how does, how does this hurt? Does this hurt more than, than your feelings? Settle down and live your life. It was a great. It was a great moment, actually. You know, doesn't seem well, like it, but it was. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> it gave it gave me perspective. That'll jolt you right into reality, right there. <laughs> I well, will and never you know that's the that thing moment. is is that what's happening in the moment right now is really all that matters. And when we get ourselves so caught up and we're living in the past, then we miss what's happening and opportunities that we can take advantage of to move forward and have a better future. So there's always a balance in things. And when we can get perspective, you know, it's something like that that um, you can laugh about now. Um, but it, it gives you a chance to kind of look at things the way they are. And I'm the one that's still living. I'm the one that's still breathing. Right. How do I want to live my life? Because I still have value in this. And, and that's really what we have to come back to. Um, we're still going to have sadness in our heart for those that we miss. And situations are going to be triggered, like at holidays when you gather and you miss the person that normally would be there. That's normal. But there's ways that we can process that and um, honor them and create new traditions. Or, um, For instance, my son, I have this little Christmas ornament that had a place to put in a picture, and I put my favorite picture of him when he was six. Oh, yeah. He still had yeah. that little oh, he was six. And his, yeah, and his my little face. And I and so I put it in a special place in my tree every year. It's become a ritual where I can still look at him and feel like he's part of my experience. I haven't lost that completely. So it might not be the way that I prefer it to be, but there's still another way of 
um, bringing that in so I can bring some joy back into my life. So we all have that opportunity, no matter what it is, right. how we're moving forward. Um, and perspective can jolt us into, um, you know, looking at things from a fresh place, too. I understand that completely. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left, and I do want to ask you this, Reverend, if you don't mind. Being a person of faith right now is a bit of a job in America, and I don't know about the rest of the world, but America, boy, if you're a person of faith right now, you get a lot of criticism. Uh, how are you dealing with that? Just like everything else, I take it in perspective. I understand that people okay. lash out and, you know, that they have their own established beliefs based on their education, their geographic location, um, what they've been told, what they've decided to believe. But I really think faith is, is really more about whatever energy I choose to move forward with is my focus. And I can redirect that anytime I choose. And new information can come in that will give me new perspective. I get to decide whether it has value and it will, I will use it to shift my direction. It can shift my faith. Because faith is the foundation of how I live my life, no matter what your um, religious perspective might be. So, again, See, that, it's a matter of choice. Where am I directing my energy? That's where my faith goes. But see, that makes sense to me. What they say makes no sense to me because I, I don't, Reverend Bricks, I really don't see you holding your belief in God against anybody and burning them at the stake. I don't see you doing that. I don't see how that serves a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't. You're absolutely right. We need, to, we need to stay in touch, Reverend Brooks. You do an amazing job. You have had pain in your life. I might have gotten uh, stepped on by my granddaughter, but I've never, never had the pain that you had to suffer through. I'm so sorry for that as one human being to another. Thank God you did have faith, and I think it probably got you through and, and the rest of your family. But I would love to stay in touch with you if that's okay with you. Oh, absolutely. I've enjoyed our conversation, and so I'd look forward to another chat. The website, unravelinggrief.com, unravelinggrief.com, and the book, Unraveling Grief, A Mother's Spiritual Journey of Healing and Discovery. It's available on Amazon and everywhere else. As a matter of fact, Reverend Megan Smith-Brooks, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We will be back in just a couple minutes with the family. 